It's living in the past. I'm trying different things out. I'm going to put that one in the maybe. <laughs> take two. <laughs> you take two. Uh, I am Paul and this is the month of June 1990 that we're going to be covering today. And join me, joining me as, I'm not going to say as always, but sometimes, Pretty mostly, <laughs> is Ben. Hello. Ben. That- I've been watching the Kiwi Bake Off. Oh. The great Kiwi Bake Off, so maybe I'm just slipping into um, Kiwi accent. That's fine. I already get called Bon. Why not get called Ben as well? Bon? Yeah. Why do you get called Bon? Uh, my mum's husband went to talk to me once, and I didn't realise at the time. I think he started to say my name, but my brother there John. called John. And he got a little lost in between <laughs> and called me Bon. Do you reckon uh, that's how bon. bon Scott from ACDC? It was, just, so. it was just a miss... Because it's just a terrible name. <laughs> bon. Bon. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to be like chirpy about someone, it's Bonnie. Ah. And now I'm... Oh, and you got the whole... Now I'm a wee Bonnie lad. Yeah. Well, okay. Nah, it fits with your heritage. Yeah, I guess. Um, we start off every show with the uh, talk about what we're watching, reading, ingesting into us um, at the moment. And it's called Living in the Now. So Living in the Now. What are you watching? Uh, we have just picked up The Haunting of Bly Manor. I've heard that's not as good as the first one. I've heard it's a lot slower than the first one. <laughs> that's probably you. I'm fearing it. Bro. But currently there's less Elliot. Um, E.T. Elliot. <laughs> no one knows his real name. I don't care to remember it. I was on my other podcast the other day and talked about this movie called Cloak and Dagger. And I'm like, I was like, and it's got... um. Elliot in it. Yeah, that's who he is. The one that should have got sent away. Uh, so Let's he's in it swap. <laughs> so that's that's a plus. Okay. Um, is it the, does, is the rest of his family in it or? Uh, we're only I think three in. Okay. So I, I think most of them are kind of come and go a little bit. My we tried to watch the first series, and mm. the youngest son. Back in the day, back at, but like in 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 the haunting yep. part, bears a very strong resemblance to my son, um, with the with the glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my son yeah. with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were like, every time he came, I was like, I don't think I can watch this. <laughs> I think we had that exact conversation. I'm watching it. I know that kid. <laughs> yeah, that so, help does watch it. I think. Oh uh, well, there you go. Uh, anything else you've been ingesting? Um, just terrible things that happened in June. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, look, June, after your first three months, June's actually a step up. It's a major step up. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll go through. Um, my big thing for the uh, week is I watched the doco called The Director and the Jedi, which is about the making of The Last Jedi, and it is delightful in so many ways. It's, you basically <laughs> uh, you catch Ryan Johnson just after he got given the news. And then it sort of takes it through, like... And, like, just the behind the scenes of, like, something that huge was amazing to watch. Um, He gets a phone call. Or he gets a message that George Lucas wants to have um, dinner with him. And the look on his face is, like, is just so This is R3. R3, yeah. So he's he's halfway through production. they're like, oh, it's like, oh, George Lucas wants to have... um, like, I don't know where he does it to every Star Wars director and basically just like threatens them and says like, you know, if you want, you can bring in, um, should bring in bureaucracy and uh, Judge Minx, you know, just put it on the table. Hang on. How can you be halfway through making a Star Wars film and you haven't met George Lucas yet? 
card. Surely basically. that's like a given. No, because he's not. They they don't let him out. <laughs> they don't let him anywhere near these things. I've heard that he's like being basically kicked off of the next Indiana Jones. They don't let him out of the David Jones food court anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Our claim to fame. Adelaide references. Um. So then I watched the last shot after that, and I uh, I still love that movie a lot. Yeah, it's alright. It's good. Um. I've also, me and my eldest watched, I got to watch the 1989 Batman. Oh, yeah. My wife was sceptical, because there yeah, is some stuff fair. in there. Um, he didn't find it. The, the only thing he found um, uh, that he didn't like, the, the only thing he didn't like was when, uh, so Jack Napier's in the doctor's office just after he fell on the thing, and he, he like, he's like, mirror, the mirror. Yeah, yeah. And he's like laughing, and there's like blood all over the door. Like, he didn't like that. Yeah, that's fair. But everything else, he was fine with. It is, re- like, not emotionally dark, but, like, visually, it's kind of dark. Like, yeah. it's real gloomy. Because we don't really... Because, like, the first thing, like, when they when they get mugged, like, I reckon that was the first time I'd watched a mugging on film and sort of like, oh, that can happen in um in society. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, uh, there might be some repercussions, like, further down the line. But, yeah, he seemed to like it. Um, I recommended to pick it apart for Days Beer Graveyard because that is a fucking weird film. Like, the pacing of that film. Um, the most... And I'll, I'll only bring up this one bit here. Why, when he can't sleep at night with Kim Basinger, does he then, like... You know when he's, like, he's hanging from his feet? Yeah. That's so weird. That's such a weird choice. Oh, he's a bat. No, he's not. He's not literally a Batman. He's... I guess Mr. Burton was confused. I think he was, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't no, make I mean, any sense. It makes oh. a lot of sense that Mr. Burton would do such a thing. When yeah, true. Yeah, okay. What, yeah. what came after. Um, I also watched uh, the new Fantasy Island, uh, which was not... Well, okay. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was... It was watchable. It was watchable, 100% yeah. 100% watchable. And it had all the... Um, I didn't like the fact that they made... Uh, the Asian character basically into, ta- into tattoo by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of, um, and the entire, um, the entire movie he's being like called T it's about a tattoo. It's just like, all right, you're like hanging off this joke for like way too long. Did you find that ending really weird as well? When it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Bye. It was like, they're like, we didn't make, we didn't write an ending. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start it all again. <laughs> Um, and then my wife had never seen Basic Instinct, so we watched Basic Instinct together. And um, future, future, covering it on a future season of uh, this in 1992, uh, steam, steamy movie. <laughs> oh, you don't say! <laughs> I had never, I haven't seen it for so long. Um, they showed way more in that movie than I thought they were allowed to back in 1992. It was insane. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's that's my watching for last week. Um, from Star Wars to um, Extreme Nudity. So my my watching the last week, like I'm guessing you were happy with all those, right? No, not basic. Basic Instinct's basically like a long play Law and Order with um, lots of um, nudity. But oh, it's not great. Okay, so kind of your thing, but kind of my take, thing. But take like, out the nudity, please. <laughs> More crimes. I found it. I was writing to Sharon Stone. You can you you don't have to do that. <laughs> we watched um, the new Borat film. Is it good? Not as good as Seth Rogen kept leading me to believe it was. <laughs> when... uh, he just kept raving about it. On what? And I guess, On social media? Yeah. Okay. And I guess, like, 
it's maybe kind of important because no one's poking fun at America right now the way they should. Mm. Um, but eh. I watched the Giuliani scene. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, I think I got the best out of it. Like, I think that's, like, that's the best bit. Oh, I should put that on uh, silent. What are you doing? <laughs> um, we also watched The Messenger, which was like a I saw you also quote unquote horror film. <laughs> There's so many horror films where it's like, someone dies, let's call this horror. Well, this isn't a horror film. It's uh, disappointing. Lots of um, horror movies also where the horror is that the person's got like a degenerative disease or something like that. And it's like a, it's a metaphor for like, they have a demon out there, but it's actually a metaphor for like, they've got, um, uh, a limp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the one called the limp. Cleft palate, <laughs> the yeah. movie. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. So let's get back. Let's get back to the nineties. Cause this is what we're here for. Yes, and, uh, back into major events. Now, We had, I thought, one of the best things that I've read in my research for this entire year, where Florida prohibited the thong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did read that on your little sheet. Uh, was... Just, just for like a, it wasn't, all, it wasn't all of Florida. It was just like a percentage of like a, a, a couple of communities. But like, I was reading some, and I'll probably put them up on the social media. Like some of the uh, the backlash um, on YouTube, and it's just it's hilarious. It's like. I wonder if there was like a point where like it was banned and then they allowed it and then they're like, no, 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 we can't allow this anymore. Or is it just like they just appeared? I wonder if it's still like, like in The Simpsons, like it's, it's still a law, but people are just, there's like, yeah, yeah. No one follows like, it anymore. Hold on. <laughs> there's more to the charter. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> forgot about this law and then Cisco came along and was like, hang on. Cisco. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go for that laugh into this next one because uh, this was also the month where uh, what will become a long-standing uh, debate in the right to right to die. J- Jack Kevorkian assisted an Oregon woman to commit suicide and uh, the right to die debate, like she was uh, terminally ill and she made a decision and he 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 helped her with that. And then that's the, the, I remember this debate because I've been mean, growing up Catholic. It was kind of... <laughs> Yeah, it's it kind was, of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Um, but I remember, yeah, even in the news and the media, like just, just, just hearing about it. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously sort of touch on it a little bit more because then the, the trial will start, I think, by the end of this year or next year. But yeah, it's um, it's, it's one of those interesting things that like, I, you know, you wonder now, because I don't think it's ever even really been resolved now. Not in America, it wouldn't be. No, I know there's European places where it's yeah, there's a few European a lot more countries. Yeah, thinking. Um, and the Berlin Wall is was professionally d- demolished. So like, um, so they they went in and actually, uh, Miley Cyrus wrecking ball, <laughs> the whole thing. I feel like the second been... time I made that joke and I already got no regrets. I was gonna say I feel like we've been talking about the Berlin Wall for like six months now. How long does it take to knock down a wall? They want to get it right. Seriously, they want to get it right. Did you hear her version of Just Breathe? Yeah, bits of it good yeah, it's basically willie nelson <laughs> what like she did willie nelson's version of this song okay she, did. she doesn't sound like willie nelson no but it's like a country version which yeah his was a country version so well, she's, she's a country singer in, she's basically in covering willie nelson okay i thought you would like it more no, pearl Jam liked it like give it a thumbs up like anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anything that keeps their pulse going. <laughs> Stone Gossard's just like going, oh, thumbs up for that. Yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't sold. Uh, have you got anything to, I mean, let's, let's, let's move, let's cross over to sports. <laughs> oh, I mean. In the sports center. Actually, there is, there is, um, pre-sports. There's one little event which isn't, I don't know, it's a weird one because it wasn't relevant to me at the time. Mm. But as you know, I moved to England briefly yes. in my formative years. Um, and we live just outside a town called Litchfield. Litchfield? Yeah. Okay. Litchfield, Staffordshire. Did and they, did people call it? Lickfield? Bitchfield? Uh, no, it was a pretty nothing little town. Okay, cool. We used to go there occasionally for like a toy train parts. <laughs> That's another story. Um, but my dad was into model trains, all right? And I liked to watch them because I wasn't allowed to touch them. Um, when are we going to touch on that? I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's not till like 1998. Damn it. Yeah, we've got some time to go. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, in, in more upsetting news, um, in this little town in June of 1990, the IRA attacked three off-duty British soldiers ah. and killed one of them. Ah. Just like in a pub on their day off. This was right at the heart of the um, of the troubles. And like, yeah, yeah like uh, I remember because my dad grew up sort of all over the UK before he uh, moved over here because his... his his dad was in the army and uh so he was always sort of dialed into the uk news and stuff like that so uh and my brother wrote i'm pretty sure he wrote like a complete thesis on the troubles um for university so he was like right into that um i did an assignment on it in year 12 i remember that did you cover your brothers kind of (laughs) (laughs) i might have uh referenced referenced a few things uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was something that we 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 all in my home like um, followed quite a lot. Sort of I thing. feel like even without like the British and Catholic side, like it would have been world news. Like it was mm. because like as a first world nation, like the UK having those sorts of issues. Yeah, it was it was, it was and it was like um, domestic terrorism sort of coming to the forefront. Like it was before like we had. Al Qaeda and, and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like this is this is pretty major stuff, and like a lot of it um, was happening um, in quite public places, and there was a lot of carnage, a lot of loss of life. So yeah, it was definitely in the forefront there. I think there was another incident that month as well somewhere else, but I didn't live in that town, so I didn't really look into Not it. Not the Villageville. No. Was it near the the model? <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I want. I want to get to that. We're going to get to that. There's okay. now. You know what? If there was any reason for me to get through to 1998 now. You've just delivered it to uh, me. This is going to be hard to research. I don't. <coughs> I'll have to go back. We go back to literally oh, tricky. Like <laughs> that's like a spy movie. It's like why are you here for the trains? <laughs> for the shoes. For the shoes. Oxford. Um. So into sports. More importantly. This is what you're waiting for. Oh, yeah. I was just waiting for, yeah. Well, last month we touched on the French Open had begun. Yes. Remember that? I did. It has since concluded. Because I asked whether it was the goal for the tennis. Oh, yeah. It was the tennis. Yes. And uh, the mighty Monica Seles, the grand champion. That's the one who will also be covering again, I think, uh, next year. My mum was not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, no one really was, were they? Two women shouldn't do that. She reminded me of um, Ferris Bueller's sister. 
She can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, no, nah, my, my house was a Steffi Graf house. Um, I was too young for that. Dad really liked Steffi Graf. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Steffi Graf and the cause. You really like the cause. That's quite far apart. Because I, I, like. I remember him walking in and he was listening to the cause. And I'm like, are you listening to the cause? He's like, oh, yeah. Pretty easy on the eyes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> What does that have to do with listening to them? Uh, anyway, um, Jordan hadn't really uh, risen yet. No. Uh, also, also um, just quickly, I don't remember who won the men's French Open. I don't really care. I didn't remember his name. So it okay, wasn't, cool. really good. wasn't Pete Sampras. Boris? Boris? Nah, I think it was someone Spanish. Okay. No offense, Spanish people. I can't remember who it was. Um, yeah, so Jordan hadn't made the finals yet. Okay. Um, the Pistons basically swept the Blazers 4-1. Really? Yeah. That was, I think Rodman was still there. Okay, cool. Because I, I didn't, is Pistons still a team? Yeah. The Blazers still a team? Yeah. Okay. Who's Blazers not a team? Quite well this year. Who's not a team now that I thought, I know, I know there's, is Washington still a team? Yeah, but they're the Wizards now, not the Bullets anymore. Not the Bullets, yeah. Um, no, there's a team in, I think, like California. Sacramento, are they still a team? Yeah, unfortunately they uh they stuck around. Okay, cool. This is like I'm just going from my uh um collecting basketball cards. I thought you were just trying to make a joke that Seattle doesn't have a team at the moment. Because <laughs> that's what oh, I'm used oh, to man, getting. That's, that's what I was doing, yeah. Oh man, that's even better. Yeah. Um but speaking of, mm-hmm. uh the mighty Seattle Supersonics drafted the mighty Gary Payton ah. in June of that year. What's his what's his The Glove? You're going to say, what's his nickname? Yeah. Yeah, it was a glove. I thought, um, what's the reference to making singles? Um, oh, no, it's Xavier McDonald, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, the X-Man. The X-Man, yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> I can't wait to cover that and just rip it to shreds. Yeah, that can't be, oh. That's 92. Have um, you watched that recently? Not recently enough. Fuck, I think bad. I lent it to someone. I don't know if I got it so back. Bad. Well, what, they probably fucking burnt it. Yeah, I don't think they watched it. Um... And uh, Wimbledon started. We'll get to the winners next month. Okay, cool. Well, now you're not you're not here next month. Uh, well, we'll get to the winners. Okay, You'll get cool. to the winners. I'll, I'll make get sure. To... <laughs> um, Send it through to me. I'm like, ah, it's like over the wire here. <laughs> and I don't know if it actually started last month or it started in June. Was the Italian World Cup? Mm. I. I think yeah, it started in June, finished in July. I remember. So you're not a Red Dwarf fan, are you? No, sir. So when this is not going to be very funny to you, then okay. I remember I'll the, the my, my only because um the nineteen ninety World Cup is um we, we watched a retrospective me and my brother did when we were like heaps into soccer, and it was uh, narrated by the guy who plays Lister. Oh yeah, which oh, is well. he's got he's got a very distinct voice. Yeah, I can't imagine him commenting that. Yeah, doesn't work but, for me. But but because um. Because of his voice and like because of the emphasis he put on stuff, I remember that the big controversy of that was in the semi final. The goalkeeper took more than three steps to kick the ball, and they gave him a free kick, and right. that like completely changed the. I can't remember what the teams were, but like it was like one of the first times that like that rule had been basically instituted and saying like, "Oh, you actually like, like goalkeepers do it all the time." Yeah. And I think I just let it slide. And I think afterwards they actually changed the rule, 
but like they actually they said like oh you took more than three steps um but well before you kick the ball and they gave him a, a free kick and then like they won the game i'll look oh. into that but yeah i remember that i remember that specific incident that may have fallen in july so you might be lucky you can uh all right talk cool. about that next month cool moving on to films We, this is, you know, this is right in the middle of blockbuster season. We got a lot of good stuff here. We got a lot of crap stuff here too. How, we got a lot of good stuff. How's there a lot of good stuff and I've only got two films listed down, one of which I did not watch. I gave you the film list, didn't I? You did, but then I just wrote down what I was interested <laughs> in apparently. Well, I'm going to go through the films and then we can go back okay. to the ones that we watched. Suck so, uh, Frank and Hooker. <laughs> was on my list, didn't watch it. Uh, so, that was uh, directed by the same guy that did Bass Case. It is a horrible movie, but I think it's, it's got cult status. Total Recall came out, uh, Paul Verhoeven, uh, one of the longest running jokes that I've ever heard you do is the Quaid. <laughs> Quaid. I mean, it's not really a joke, it's just, you know. When I used to, I think when relevant. I had my first child and I'd, I'd hold him mid-section, you'd like, it looks like Quado. <laughs> any, any baby I see, <laughs> I have to say Quaid. Um, another 48 Hours, I think we referenced um, in another episode, um, good for apart from the fact that... Um, Nick Nolte's six shooter apparently has infinite bullets. Yep. Uh, Dick Tracy came out. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. Gremlins two, one of my all time favorite from my childhood. Love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Days of Thunder. Watched it recently. Didn't love it. See, I'm remembering now why I didn't write these movies down because I feel like I knew them all well enough. That <laughs> I'm not going to watch them again. I don't need any prompting. These are all classics. Days of Thunders. Classic. Hard to get through. Classic. It freeze frames at the end of him and Robert Duvall, like having a bit of like a... a little tussle and a little A little tussle fight. and then yeah, like Robert Duvall is like... And I'm just like, man, Robert Duvall is just timeless. He is just... Yeah. I don't know. That movie is timeless. No, it's Let's not. Let's move on. No, timeless. no. It's, it's of its time. Loved it. Ghost Dad. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Uh, Robocop 2. Actually really good. I haven't seen Robocops for so long. You should watch the second no one. No interest in doing any of them. The second one's really good. It's actually got uh, a very good angle to it that if they if it was more violent, I reckon it would go have the same like it basically cut out a lot of the blood and guts of the first one. And it's got a pretty good storyline. It's got a very uh pretty demo- good. It's got like a demolition man storyline. Oh yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and then the box office for that month was Total Recall was at the top, followed by Dick Tracy, another 48 hours, and uh, still coming in at number four was Back to the Future 3. Still, still hanging around. Still hanging around. Good film. So, which one did you watch? Did you watch did you... Um, Well, I didn't... Total Recall, I considered, because it's been a while, but not long enough that I... You know, it still holds up. I watched, yeah, it. I watched okay. it this year. It's really good. I could, I'm sure I could still... Word for word, if we put it on. Oh, uh, Gremlins 2, we almost watched just because it's so good, it's so but it's ingrained. Like Growing yeah. up, I didn't even know there was a Gremlins 1 because I love Gremlins 2 so much. that I've definitely watched Gremlins 2 more than Gremlins 1. Yeah, it's way better. Um, you got Talking Gremlin. Have you seen the King and Peel sketch? No. <laughs> um, there's this one. So basically, they're in the writer's room of Gremlins 2, and this guy comes in and says, like, why don't we try this Gremlin? And he just he basically goes through and like says like every crazy idea, and then at the end it's like all of these were actually in the movie, <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, I look I, and I reckon it was one of my first movies I saw at a sleepover. I'm pretty sure I was like that seems weird to remember that. 
I don't know. Like I remember, you don't even remember your first, your first Not time. My first one. I remember trying to get out of a lot of them. I remember that one because like <laughs> the first one. This is such me as an adult as well. Um, I didn't particularly like what they had for dinner. <laughs> but I think that they I think they said something yeah. to my mum the next day. I was like, oh yeah, he didn't seem to eat much. And they're like, too picky. Did I ever tell you about my primary school best friend? Who's mm. I don't know how this made sense. The family was Irish. Okay. They had curries basically every single night, mm. and you could have a drink after dinner. <laughs> Not with dinner. Here's a flaming hot curry for this eight-year-old, but don't have a drink right now. What sort of what could you have a drink like milk or? Nothing. There was just, there was no beverages while you ate your dinner. <laughs> why? I don't know. I never understood it. So well, James, if, if you're out there, please tell me why your mum never gave me a drink during <laughs> red hot dinners. <laughs> Man, so you, yeah, some say you did actually eat curry. I eat curry now. There's a portion but of time just, where you wouldn't have anything like. Obviously. It wasn't a burger or pizza. <laughs> um, probably because you got burnt by curry. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh. So what did you watch? Uh, so we watched Dick Tracy. Did you like it? Yeah. It looks good. It looks weird. Is the palette on that is awesome? Like, because apparently, uh, oh man, Warren Beatty wanted those big matte paintings, mm. and I'm like, you can have a couple Warren, but not like every single fucking like every single background like is so fake looking. Yeah. That's it, what I couldn't get. Like, I don't... Did this look good at the time? Is it supposed to look like this? I'm confused. It's caught in between Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Batman. Yeah, and, and the I thing is, like... really odd. I found... The thing I found most odd is that uh, you're in the the year after one of the biggest... Possibly the biggest... I'd say that, um, in, in my opinion, like, it's better than the Superman that came out, the Richard Donner Superman. Like, the biggest comic book movie that's ever been made. And you're kind of kind of doing a um, a riff on it, yeah. But not a good one. It's like, and you're also picking a um, comic strip that no one cares about, um, just like they did with the Phantom, like a couple of years later. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like you, you you didn't try to modernize it. Like I was trying to think of like what would what would Nolan do if he did his Dick Tracy. Like oh how would you how would you real world a Dick Tracy movie now? I mean, it would be upside down for a start. We'll be Sin- and inside out. It'll be Sin City, basically. Sin City was kind of like, let's yeah. take yeah. the the genre and then like we'll we'll, we'll make it like you know got that, that that yellow bastard and like everyone's got like sort of these these features to them like Marv and it's just everyone's very defined and specific and disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and Sin then, City is just Dick Tracy. Yeah, Sin City is just Dick Tracy. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Uh, so we got um. And we've got a lot of people in there. So you've you've got uh, William Forsyth, who we would um, uh, he's uh, the the main henchman of uh, Al Capone. Al- is, is he the um the teacher from Back to the Future? Who was that guy? He was in there, right? The bald guy. Yes, he was in there. Yeah. yeah. And also we had uh, Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles, best scene of the movie. Yeah. Uh, was in there. Did it for a a um a favor. To have to Warren Beatty, and it's like you can tell because, like, I think he was on he was on um, he was on set for like two days. Yeah, he maybe has five minutes in the Because <laughs> when you mentioned Dustin Hoffman, I was like, I don't remember that. And then I watched, I was like, Where is he? Yeah, when's he coming? Uh, so yeah, and there's there's a few. Uh, it's like a who's who of the nineties. Yeah, like, and then and you don't know who any of them are because they've all got this ridiculous makeup on. And you know, um, 
Warren Beatty and Madonna were dating at the time. I didn't know that. So I he, was five years old. <laughs> he he proposed to her on set, and oh, she said no. no. She said no, thank you, Warren, because Warren Beatty had this. Um... Did he think the movie was real? <laughs> <laughs> she was coming on to him. He was like, oh, because he's a he's me. a bit of a prick in that too. He like basically cheats on his like very supportive partner yeah with his um with his showgirl and it's like but yeah uh and doesn't follow through at all it's like what do you want here warren because warren warren betty was he still has the reputation of being quite the ladies man yeah um and then he sort of settled down with annette benning uh but before that you know he like the, the amount, amount of like actresses i think he asked to marry was like yeah ladies uh man but just super desperate walt disney studios chairman at the time, Jeffrey Katzenberg expressed disappointment in a studio memo that noted that the film had cost about $100 million in, the, in total to produce, market, what? and promote it. And its disappointing performance, uh, he claimed, we made demands on our time, talent, and treasury that, upon reflection, may not have been worth it. <laughs> that cost $100 million. It was one of the first films to cost that much. That's why it's such a profound like, movie from the 90s, because it's like... It costs is one of those. Is one of the first ones that just did not make it. But money how back. is this like when those you have a paintings, wedding man. and those... people just like up the price? Like, oh, you, this is a Warren Beatty film. Okay, this costs four million now instead. But that that um that those paintings, like the set design, like all the um like back then, like uh, makeup would have been uh, and the special effects. But like would have been... it's set in the fifties and the nineties, no, thirties. Like is it? Yeah. Still, you're not that far. Like, surely they're still... By the by, what what time is the 89 Batman set in? Because I can't work it out. Because they're all dressed as if they're in the 50s, but then there's, like, TV sets and, like, other stuff What about well. Dick Tracy when he's got a little watch that talks to him? Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you notice who did the music? Yeah. Like, you even I, got... I sighed when I saw the name. You even got Elfman to come into the music, and he'd, like... he And he basically did, like... A crapper version of Batman. Yeah, basically what it was. I think that's why I was saying. And my partner was like, why do you hate him so much? <laughs> so you had Warren Beatty, Al Pacino, Madonna. Uh, then we also had Dick Van Dyke was in there. Kathy oh, Bates yeah. was in there. Dustin Hoffman, William Baby Forsyth. Kathy Bates. Baby Kathy Bates. Uh, then also Paul Savino was in there. James Kahn was in there at yeah, the table. Very, very briefly. Catherine O'Hara. Is, there's like... A, at the time, it's just they, they, I think he called in a lot of favors, and it's like just didn't. But then I feel like some of those people, well, aside from the obvious ones, some of them wouldn't have been huge in 1990. Kathy Bates, Catherine O'Hara, 1990. Catherine O'Hara was just um just about to release uh, Home Alone. Just about to. Hmm. Also, who's the star of that film? Catherine O'Hara. No, it's, it's Stern, a... obviously. <laughs> it's the it's the tale of how she forgot her son, and we we follow her. <laughs> No, it's about Daniel Stern. And she um, survives the uh, brief um, attempted kidnapping by a polka band and John Candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, polka? That scene, and I'll get to it in November, where he tells her about they left his kid in the oh, funeral yeah. parlor. The best part of that movie. Yeah. You know, it's weird. The amount of times I watch... No, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched... Uh, Another 48 Hours was, was the one I sort of um, dove into. It's uh, the difference. Between, have you ever seen either of them? Yeah, at some point. So I watched 48 Hours a couple of months ago and then watched this one now for the podcast. And it's like, you can so tell 
the star power of Eddie Murphy. So like the first one's like eighty four, mm. and this one's six years later. So it's a long is, time. So this is after Beverly Hills Cop. This is after Coming to America. Um, Nick Nolte is not the first person on the uh, credits this time around. <laughs> um, did get Walter Hill back uh, to direct, um, but it's just it's a weird uh, shift. Like uh, you can even tell uh, with the way he's acting, the way Eddie Murphy's acting, and just and just what he's done in the film. Like he's trying to he's trying to be really serious in it, which is apparently what he did to Beverly Hills Cop Three. He wanted that to be like hell serious, and that's why it's such a bad movie. Like there's no, it's not a funny movie. Is he serious in? number three yeah like we recently did it on dbg and it's like you can tell that he's holding back because he didn't want to make it a big sort of joke fest but then like the studio's like well it's Beverly Hills cop that's what you do and is so, that why he went back to 48 hours to try and be serious or do you think there's like a contract it's like i think around this time he was just didn't know where he wanted to be i think he wanted to like if either i'm going to be a comedian or i'm going to like actually be an action star because he did uh harlem nights around this time which is awesome but that's yeah. not that's not a comedy like that's that's like it's not a straight drama but it's it's also not a comedy um and this is then i think around the, about the mid 90s other instances happened as well but then yeah. he just like let's just uh play up to the the family man role and that's yeah that's, okay yeah but uh yeah not pretty nice look but watch them both together they are like it it is fun the first one's highly problematic <laughs> uh but then this one slightly less well because like and that's the thing other thing you can tell that the time shift in uh like how we deal with racism and how we deal with um yeah. sexism and all that stuff it's just it's a completely different type of movie but still in the same franchise all right, let's go on to television. Speaking okay. of sexism, <laughs> I'll be there. Um, is that the Baywatch thing? Yeah. No, is that what you're about to do? Yeah, Baywatch. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant too. Well, Baywatch uh, started. It started in America in '89, but it started in Australia in 1990. So I never watched it. I wasn't allowed to. My dad was very conservative and knew all. He probably got one sort of look at the uh, the opening <laughs> credits. He's like, "You're not watching that. You don't have a penis." But excuse me for half an hour. I have something else to do. Everybody, leave the room. <laughs> really listen to the cause. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so apart you from secretly tape it in your bedroom. <laughs> no, I didn't look. I that's not my. You know how they say like you get your the attraction that you have for people from like from the culture so like yeah like the blonde bleach blonde sort of um baywatch babe was not my thing it was my friend's thing that's cool you know first you think that's fine it's just like yeah i just had no no interest in that sort of thing and it's like it's a shit show it's a really shit show yeah but it's one of those shows like when you are in those first five, ten minutes. I need to see how they're going to save little Johnny. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to save him, but like... But then don't stretch that over like 45 minutes, though. Uh, yeah. I really did like the movie, though, with the rock in it. I've not seen this. <laughs> it is so stupidly funny. How can you not be into the show and not want to watch the show and then gladly watch the film? Because I really like The Rock. Oh, okay. I really like The Rock in, in comedy. And like I like it better when he's... um poking fun at himself there's a bit there i can't remember i can never remember the scene but like it's there's, there's one bit in the in the morgue man i fucking laughed a lot 
Uh, we had uh, Seinfeld started up, and we had the robbery, male unbonding, and the stock tip. Uh, season one Seinfeld is not great. I will say that from the I gotta admit, it's better than I was expecting. <laughs> I like when you said about covering them, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch. My thing is, season one of shows is always terrible, it's yeah. always the worst. But I think having not seen season one for so long and going back and watching, it's like, these are all right. And hearing so much from people lately, there's this friend Seinfeld debate of like, what's age better, what's more inappropriate. Mm. And the bar was really low. I thought, this is going to be terrible. And it's not great. Oh, no. I mean, I don't want to give it any kudos for, you know, being half decent. But it's better than I was expecting it to be. I liked... Um, the robbery was, was pretty funny. Uh, Mal and Bonding's got the guy... Um, uh, he's in Godzilla. Yeah, he's in stuff here and there. And you're like, hey, yeah. that guy. The guy Dunn. is not John Lovitz. Yeah. His name's last name's Dunn. Um, and the stock tip uh, I do like because it's um, it's sort of when you can see the characters are starting to sort of get into themselves a little bit more. I think I watched the stock tip. I think I watched the three before that. Yeah, um, George gets the stock tip and he, and he starts, basically he gets some money and he's like, he just starts flashing cash and stuff like that and you know it's going to, and it's like, that's that was him. But like the first, yeah. the first couple of episodes, I think they're still finding out like what the characters are going to do and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I found, I didn't, Obviously, I knew that there was a Jerry Elaine thing, but I forgot in the start, like, it's really heavy on the fact that they dated and, and now they're friends. in season two, they've got one of my all-time favorite episodes where they decide to start having sex again. Yes. And um, he, he, he messes it up. But, like, that episode is... I think that I always look at that one as, like, the one that maybe that's what Larry David wanted it to be or one of them wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, because they never did something that deep again. Because uh, it was like there was even like a couple of like they didn't go to the the ad break with a with a laugh. It was like a bit of a serious tone. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But we'll get to that next year. Yes. Okay, going on to is you got anything else for TV? I don't. Do you? No. This is your show, man. <laughs> Allegedly. Al. Uh, let's go to music. Okay, so we mentioned a couple of times this year that um, the obscenity police were like over everything to do with music and especially one band called the Two Live Crew. Uh, they were a rap group um, who had a few songs. Uh, I'm going to pull one up for you right now because... Are you allowed to play this publicly? Sure. Like is it... Look... Should I cover my ears? Two Live Crew. You might have heard this before. What do we get for ten dollars? Everything you want. Everything. Everything. Oh. 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 What's so bad about that? I mean... <laughs> and the thing is, okay, so listening to that now, the fact that it's obscene sexually is not the thing that we're upset about, am I no. correct in saying? Yeah. <laughs> that is the track 
Me So Horny mm. by Two Live Crew, which they perform live on a couple of shows and they perform down in Florida. Uh, they also have such songs called We Want Some Pussy, Hoochie Mama, Pop That Pussy, and then one called One On One, which seems a lot um, nicer than everything yeah. else. The album that was uh, com- is what everyone was complaining about is called As Nasty As They Want To Be. And they were basically, there were... Is this a group of men? Or yeah. What, what, okay. Yeah. Do you want me to play more of the songs so they start rapping? No, that's good. <laughs> I was just wondering if it's like, is it just a group of 14-year-old boys? No, 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 no they're, they're all men. So there's a guy called um, down in uh, Florida called Jack Thompson. He was an anti-obscenity activist and he took it to the uh, Supreme Court oh. and then got thrown out because it said like, you know, this is freedom of speech. Um, I would. The thing is, I, I love about that is that I would love to see the proceedings because I'm I'm sure they would have had to listen to the song yeah. in court. And also, how sorry, how wild that there's precious little boys losing their mind right now over a song called WAP, <laughs> but that existed in 1990. Yep, they were whapping way before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, like they're not even. Are they actually saying what's going on? No, they say a little bit in WAP, but still, that's like. Yeah, it's all out there. There's no innuendos. We uh, there's a really good article on it um, by in the Washington Post by a guy called Hunter Schwartz. Um, if you uh, want to look up more on the two live crew obscenity hearings, uh, Tommy Lee from uh, Motley Crue, <laughs> uh, he was arrested for mooning the audience. How do you get arrested for that? Um, and a member of Judas Priest was uh, apparently warned about a, a pelvic thrust that they did. Not allowed to thrust pelvically anymore. It was a really big time for obscenity, but considering what happened to Judas Priest later this year, that was pretty small potatoes. Oh, I yeah. know nothing about this. Oh, you will find I'll, out. I'll tune in. So the... I have one that's... Um, okay. You're going to have to pause while I find it. But that's right. This is important. Um, so there was an album that I was listening to. I, I was giving a red hot go. Oh I was, yeah. I was curious. Yeah. Um, and being a self-titled, you know, it's usually someone's best work. And I was a little disappointed that they were all basically the same song. Like some of them were right, but they're all basically sounded the same. Okay. Until this happened. Ooh. I got pretty excited. What was that? I was like, did Slash jump on here? This is kind of cool. Um, but no. It's still just Mariah Carey. <laughs> so one song she decided to have some wild solo guitar at the start for five seconds. Well, you know she did write an alternative... She wrote a Dixie Chicks album yeah. in the 90s that's just come out. But still. I'm going to go on record too saying that we're uh, recording this in the middle of a quite a large storm, so you might get some background rain noise. You might not, but what do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had uh, releases by uh, James. Do you remember the band James? James. No. They had the song... Um, it's not in this album, so we shouldn't probably cover it, but they had a song <laughs> Laid. Um, no. Oh, now I've got to play Laid for you. No, do you? <laughs> All right. Uh, then we had uh, New Kids on the Block. 
that's when this came out. Wow. I feel like you don't need to play people that song. Oh, we do. If they don't know that song. Now I'm on. What's that? Um, what's that show that he's on now? Step by step. Oh, that Donnie's on. Yeah. Don't know. With um the cop one. With Tom oh, Selleck. Oh yeah, he is in something. I've seen him. Yeah. Blue Bloods. Yeah. Oh my god. Poor Donny. Every time I see that show, they're sitting down at a table eating and just talking about social problems, and I'm like, is this what Blue Bloods is? Or because <laughs> I can I, get into that. I actually haven't watched it, so I couldn't tell you. I just I catch it like we got we still got Foxtel and it's like a channel that basically plays. It's now I'm pretty sure it's Blue Bloods and NCIS. That's all it plays. That sounds like your wet dreams. One of my favorite uh, albums of I've, I've discovered this um, recording researching for this pod uh, is by a teenage fan club. Uh, I was a fan of them before, but um, I never heard this one. It's called A Catholic Education. Uh, the self-tired Mariah Carey, which you just played for us. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. That was her breakout. So there's a bunch of... Like Vision of Love was the big one um, from the album. You should be into this because you're like, yeah, you're, you're all like Taylor Swift and stuff. Yeah, my, my pop love is it's very small. It's a little window. Uh, but yeah, this, this is the one that sort of catapulted her into, um, into stardom. We also had one of my favourite albums, uh, No Depression by Uncle Tupelo. Um, members would go on to oh, start Wilco and, and other bands oh. like that. Uh, Flesh and Blood by Poison. Yeah. Oh, God. Danzig released the album. Who gives a shit? Uh, uh, Goo by Sonic Youth. I tried to give this another go. <laughs> it seems like every few years I try and give Sonic Youth another shot because... Like, by all accounts of what people tell me, I should like them. Mm. I just don't. I actually, I gave Teenage Fan Club a go for the first time ever. And, and uh, yeah, it was all right. I could listen to that a little more. They, uh, well, that, actually, that, I will say that that album is not a good representation because they got, like, way softer and way sort of more um, indie alternative sound. Like, that's, that's, I'm like, okay with that. That's more of a punky one, but, like, it's a, yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, like this, I, I thought this one came out way before, but this is, um, Unskinny Bob by Poison. Oh, really? I thought this came out in like mid eighties. Why are you playing this? Why not? It was a time. And I like, it's hard now, like. I guess the whole point of this is like part of the point is reflecting but it's so hard to reflect on something that was a hit at the time and now is just ugh, please make it stop like this is it had its time you don't like this? like I don't hate this one I love this song when I was in uh, my band property is covered this it was like my fun to There's just something about. Do you know Sonic what it's youth. about? No. So, can I tell you what it's about? Am I going to like what it's about? Yeah. Okay. So, Kim Gordon was um, being interviewed for some reason, or she was interviewing LL Cool J. And okay. Uh, so in the nineties. 
Well, or before 80s. the song in the eighties sort of thing. So, uh, and he was this was back when he was a rapper. He wasn't he wasn't an actor or anything yet. He hasn't right. he wasn't in Halloween H two O yet. Okay, and catapulted him to stardom. Uh, so, and he was like real a real dick to her, real misogynistic. And if you yeah. listen to so like the things the song's called Cool Thing, because um, his name is cool. Uh, is, do you know what LL Cool J stands for? Uh, ladies love Cool James. Yes, uh, I don't know if I'm proud of knowing that. Or not. So. There's some bits in the breakdown where it's like um, you've got a guy in the background sort of saying like, show me what you got, baby, a lot of stuff. That's all stuff that he said to her in the interview. Mm. Uh, it's it's quite a wormhole to go down. Um, there's a few more things that, that came up. But yeah, like I remember when when we were learning the song to play in my band, I was like, oh, did some, I don't know, you just go down these rabbit holes. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm sure he's I, fine now. I mean, he's he's part of NCIS. He's fine. I mean, I'm, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. Now we're going to round out the show today with something a little bit different. We fly around. <laughs> I'm so good at lighting rounds. <laughs> we're going to go into the the video games of 1990. Uh, we didn't go through them and we'll probably start a special section on their own once they sort of really start hitting once you know obviously playstation and um nintendo and xbox starts getting re- released but uh in 1990 there was a few games that came out that were there was quite... one good game that came out and we already missed it let's be real okay so we're gonna start with that one so the <laughs> biggest one they came out was super mario brothers 3 that comes out and came out in february um probably one of the the best love mario games of all time yeah I mean, I I wasn't a Nintendo kid. I can I I had a PC growing up, so I didn't have a console. Makes sense. <laughs> I can see it all now. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Super Mario Bros. Three. It um. It introduced Bowser's children, called the. Uh, let me get this right. The Cooperlings. Yes. Cooper Troopers. Cooper Trooper and. Yeah. Uh, was there another one? One that when you watch the movie that came out in a couple of years' time looks exactly oh, yeah. like it. Obviously. <laughs> we also had uh, Dr. Mario came out in uh, later on that year. We had our first Wing Commander, which is something that I watched. I mean, I, I, I played <laughs> The Secret of Monkey Island. Um, so 1990s started to be a big thing for point-and-click adventures. I was really, really big into them. Um, these days, they seem really boring because they are. But like, <laughs> I still there's still sometimes I found some games that I've um, you know those. Some of them come along with Windows or like your operating system. They get like you have like a free point and click game. Yeah, I'll still totally I'll totally play them. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, one of my uh, Commander Keen came out. I was a big big um, into it's a side scrolling. Um, uh, and it was also by a little known company called Id Software that will release a fairly monumental game in a couple of years' time called Doom. Oh, after okay. uh, uh, after they did um, Wolfenstein, Commander Keen had a lot of um, different iterations, but yeah, I really really liked it. This was not so much Romero. This is um, John Carmack that did this one. So, do you do you rate Doom above Wolfenstein? Yeah, oh. love Doom. I had probably an unhealthy obsession with. I think I was like, because Doom was the game that I would play when I was listening to a new album. So if I got a new album or a new CD, then um, and it'd be like you know it'd either be Doom or there's one called Blood I used to play, and also another one called um, Bonestorm. 
Bunny Bonestar, <laughs> go to hell. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of those sort of games. And then I um, remember the top the top down view of um, GTA. Yeah. Yeah, that was like um, I can still name the three albums I listened to while when I first got that game. No one, no one needs to know what they were. Face go to, on, go on. Face to face, high standard, and uh, as a no effects one there too. So. Uh, yeah, disappointment. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also had uh, one, another one that I really liked, and I thought this was way later. But um, do you remember the Prince of Persia? Yes. That was that came out this year. Oh, where you like depending where you lived, it came out like in eighty nine. But most most around the world came out in nineteen ninety. Uh, you go through like my childhood photo albums there's so many of me just sat at the computer playing Prince of Persia yeah and it was like that was back when games and I'm not saying like they were better back then but they were so hard like they were yeah. so like you would sit at the computer and just like go how am I going to get through this because there's like was... one specific way to do it and if you didn't do it that exact way yeah there was no like like, like um, I will make this easier for you yeah uh, we also had, um, there's a game called Loom. Now Loom was a game, it was, it was another point and click one. When I went to, so I started off, um, in public school and then in year seven, I moved to a private school and they had a, a Mac in each classroom. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And Color one screen Macs. Yeah. Ooh. So we, um, and they had this game called Lumina and like it was it was pretty pretty hard and it's like you, you like you had this this loom that you had to sort of make and then like um, you had to listen to like uh, you had to listen to these these sounds and you had to replicate them and it was back in the day it was really really good I really really loved it like everyone was just, it's to the point that they needed a, a roster for the computer for you to have like your 30 minutes on loom and then go <laughs> uh, just so the loom I'm trying to <laughs> Look, Lisa, I'm playing on Loom. Um, so yeah, I I think I mean if I play it these days, I think you can still buy it on Steam. But like I I don't know. Um, if you can't get it on console now, I'm just like I'm. <laughs> but yeah, it's now. Uh, but I realized because I recently bought a Mac, went back into the Mac, and I remember all throughout my late late adolescent adult life, I would refer to Enter as Return. Isn't there both? No, no, on on, P, on PCs, like on, on Windows, those sort of things, it's called Enter. Uh, but I'll say, like, and then you hit, like, if I was training, like, a new um, employee, like, back at the viewer store, I'd say, then you hit return, and they look at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, oh, because, like, I got I got taught on Macs. Yeah, I was the same. I never questioned when you said return. Yeah. Because I, I just knew that. Heaps of people button. have just given me, it's like, what's return? It's like, oh, it's, it's Enter, sorry. And then they look at me like, but didn't Mac have both? Didn't they have like a big enter button and then there was a return button? Yeah, yeah, but then but the normal PCs yeah. don't. Okay. Yeah, so like, so like they'll, I'll be like, yeah, press press return. And they're like, mm, there's no return, weirdo. There's no return. There's no return. <laughs> the point of no return. So yeah, that was the major look. I'm sure like uh, people will say that there's like way more games that came out that were way better. But this is what this I is. I mean, you can make your own podcast. Return to Dark Castle, I think may have come out in 1990, which was the best PC game of all time. Return to Dark Castle. May have been 89. What was it about? Uh, I don't know. Some weird <laughs> so, little character that runs through a castle. And like Castlevania? Thing. I don't even know what it was about. But it, my whole family was obsessed with this game. Return Or they to... just pretended to be. Who knows? <laughs> sure, Ben. We all want to get past the Dark Castle. 
like weird little bats that would chase you. There was things. There was a there was a gimp that would whip you. <laughs> um, what? It's it's in a castle. It was a different time. I don't think this is the right one. This is supposed to be. This was This says it was released in two thousand and eight, which makes me think that this happened in two thousand and eight, and they're just like, <laughs> no, it's fake news. It's never happened. I was still playing Championship Manager in two thousand eight. Oh my god! Oh, the second ever Madden came out. Came out in uh, nineteen ninety. Uh, second ever. Yeah. That would not have been good. And no, I can't see a return to. Uh... Well, it was a real game. Okay. I'll believe you. Maybe it was just Dark Castle and then... Okay, the, actually, the first ever SimCity came out too. Oh, How but... did we only just get here? Did we use SimCity guy? Yes. Oh. I never played as a SimCity. And one of my friends, I was out to like a couple weeks ago and she's like, oh, I said, what, what did you do on the weekend? She's like, oh, I spent most of it playing The Sims. I'm like, did it work? And she's like, yeah, I played The Sims 4. I'm like, yeah. What is this like 1994? And she's like, no, no, like, yes. And then I was the going. weirdo. Yeah, you are the weirdo. I was like, who still plays The Sims? And she's like, I do. It was amazing. I'm like, no. I um had a bowling ball incident a couple of years ago. And I got my partner Sims. I thought she kind of wanted to play it a little bit, <laughs> and she just fully thought it was all for me. The Homer's bowling ball. We should give context to when he gives the bowling ball to Marge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought she kind of wanted the game. I think she did like maybe was 2% into the idea and I was like 80% into the idea. But you didn't really listen to Kaziori halfway through the She scenes. played it for a couple of days. Anyway, yeah. uh, this is Dark Castle. Oh, I do know that. Yeah. Okay. Learn I'll put a it... web search, you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and with that <laughs> it is time to close the book in another month of 1990 um this has been june um and this is we'll... my new catchphrase for ending a podcast <laughs> <laughs> learn how to search you dumb fuck uh okay thanks for coming thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you next time Thanks again for listening to Living in the Past. We've got some awesome people, as usual, to thank at the end of the show. Andrew Golding does our music. You can check out his stuff at www.andrewgold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at milescribbling. You can send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com. You can check out the music we've been covering on Spotify if you just search Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you're looking for. You can follow me on letterbox.com, PD Lumsden. There we've got a list of the movies that we've been covering on the podcast so far. And if you want, you can leave us a five-star review or some comments, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Um, that helps us get to a wider audience and uh, just makes us generally feel good about ourselves too. Thank you so much for your support. We're really blown away. And as always, sit back, look back, relax. Bye.